When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Pit Stop Fracas. You're joined today by your host, Richard, and I'm joined by two people who happen to be colour coordinated with me. That's probably just wasn't planned. Anyways, um, you know, no no race weekend today, so this is just a filler, really, to France. So, you know, a bit of a light-hearted podcast, not, not too heavy, but, you know, could be one or two months. Anyways, joined by Kwame today, Kwame. How are you doing, my guy? Uh, I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. I mean, I've been um, been enjoying the viewers as it is. You know, nice to see you know good football. You know, in between the breaks of the uh, football calendar, you know, I guess this is the week as well where you know football's coming home, and uh, everyone, everyone, you know, maybe you know coming home as well to the others. You know, uh, George Russell was very close to uh, could be joining Mercedes on next year. We we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, uh, good to be on the pod though. Just enjoying this beautiful football. Never is on right now. And yeah, good to see my, my brother Richard as well, hosting as well. So, you know, congrats there. Um, but yeah, let's, let's carry on the show. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. We've had some technical difficulties, but you know, that just comes with the game anyway. Anyways, fresh back off his rants from two weeks ago, world acclaimed, where there was Duncan on a certain pundit. He's not been the same since. Streets usually ask me, why is he called Master Chef Richard? And I have to tell him, look, he can cook in the kitchen and he can cook on the pod. You know, multitasking. Instead of Marco Pierre White, should we call him Mart Pierre White? Mart, how are we doing, brother? I'm good, I'm good. Sun's out, Euro's on. Enjoying life at the moment, enjoying life. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, boy, I'm sweating, so... Thank God for this fan on my face right now, fam. I'm telling you now. Honestly. Well, I'm enjoying life, though, but the hay fever is kicking me out, man. The cake is beating me up the past couple of days. Bam, it had me in a chokehold last night. I was ready to call in sick, honestly. But luckily, little C, couple, you know, tablets and whatnot, bit of green tea. Now I'm yeah. looking as good as new. Anyways, let's kick off with proceedings. We're here to talk about the state of the media. Now, for the last, well, since Lewis has joined Formula 1 in 2007, he's been getting a lot of stick off the media, and most of it unjust. So, uh, we've noticed a lot, you know, this, this season at least, that you know people like Paul DeResta and whatnot, and... Are we playing score? All right, okay, sorry. Sorry, we're playing score, Nicolas, anyways. Back to back to back to work. 
Um, we've noticed recently, you know, this season, there's been a lot of pundits, you know, like Paul DeResto and whatnot. I've been shown a lot of, you know, bias towards certain drivers. So we want to know, you know, are the pundits really biased? Or is this just happens to be a coincidence? Kwame, I'm going to start with you on this. Do you think there's some bias with some of the pundits? Or do you think, you know, it's it just happens to be one of those things? Yeah, I think there are some biases uh, in some of the pundits. Um I mean, I mean, be honest. I mean, I think bias is uh, it's, it's it's notable, um, especially you know in sports. You know, we have punditries and pundits, sorry, and you know, where drivers, for example, former drivers, someone like Paul Dresta, for example, who um, used to drive in Formula One, has raced against uh, Hamilton, has raced against Vettel, and I'm pretty sure in one of his uh, junior categories, he was with them guys there. He was in their level, but you know, unfortunately for him, his career hasn't planned out um, too tough, too well. Um, so I feel like there's kind of I don't want to say jealousy, it is jealousy, but I feel like there's a couple of bit of jealousy there, uh, a bit of bias in there, a bit of you know, yeah, a bit, a bit of you know, complacency in there. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't say all the punishy, all the punishy team is, is biased. Um, I mean, I feel like Travis, like, um, Damien Hill as well, at one point, he was, I feel like, he was pretty biased against Hamilton. Um, I thought they maybe hints are still there, but I seem to have murdered out now, um, especially with his um. Pews uh well the tower. But I feel like other opponents there, like you know, shout my boy uh, Martin Rundle, of course. Um shout uh Kovitz and even on channel four people like you know, uh Dave Jones, Lee McKenzie, uh Natalie Pinkham and whatnot. Some of them are just there for vibes and some of them their job is just there to interview the uh driver and they're good at um talking, interacting. Um others, um, like your Kravitz and Bundle are more of the uh, technical type. So their thing is assessing the uh, cars and the um and the uh, teams and the strategies we're doing, but I do feel like uh, your opponents, like your poor investors, um, are there for more of a shock value, which you see a lot of the time in full punch in football punditry. Also in UK, done by Sky and uh, BT, we do have your opponents, you know, like your kind of brain students and uh, waking who are there just for shock value. Which if that's the case in Formula One, but I think it might be more keeping in, especially with Formula One getting a bigger um, audience at the moment and getting more of a divided fan base. Yeah, I most definitely agree with that sentiments. Yeah, there is, you know, there could be, you know, ulterior motives. For example, with Nelson Piquet Sr., of course, you know, Max has gone out with his daughter. You know, his son raced against Lewis in GP2 and beat him. So, of course, there would be, you know, some sorts of sentiments and some sorts of bias and whatnot. So, it's only, it's nasty, but it's understandable. Mart, I'm going to touch on you for this as well. Are the pundits really biased to certain drivers or... As as I said before, is it just a coincidence? I think you've got you've got two types of pundits. You've got your former drivers that Lewis has smashed, and then you've got the ones that are there for technical, like as um, Kwame said, your Ted Kravitz, your Martin Brundles, and your Crofty. Um, these guys, they're not they, they don't have any real connections with teams in the sport, so they're just there just to give their opinion, but. Um, you do get, I think, more in Channel 4-based, um, you can get more of the bias, I find. Don't really really like watching Channel 4, um, the highlights anyway, but that's beside the point. Um, but, yeah, you do get that, that type of bias where, you know, you David Coulthard, especially in the last couple of weeks, he's been saying a few things. I mean, obviously, Mark Webber has that connection with Red Bull, so he does sometimes lean towards that Red Bull bias. 
Um, Nico Rosberg, even though he's a bit of a straight talker on Sky, he can sometimes lean towards that Mercedes bias as well. He, but I mean, sometimes it is really justified because they do ask him a lot of questions about Valtteri and, and um, Lewis, where they'll say something maybe they, Nico doesn't like about Lewis. And it's like, no, Lewis, and he would just say, Lewis is a great driver and this is what he does. Um, so you obviously, if you could get guys that would form a racing drivers for certain teams, they will have their they will have their biases. Um, as you said, even down to Max, who if he's dating, he'll have his biases. But I think when it comes down to Lewis, more specifically, there has been a lot of biases in terms of his skin color. I believe I will say that. Um, there's been more critique on him. There's, as I, I think I've said it on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, whenever you hear him talk, um, them talk about, oh, sorry, someone said something about Lewis, about him. Um, I can't remember what the comment was. I'm going to have to find a tweet later. Um, but they said something about him, about concentrating. And if he concentrates, then he will be able to help win this championship this year. And I, and I just said, literally just said, like, we've been hearing this for the past 14 years since Lewis first came in when he was dating the culture singer. It was always about that, oh, Lewis wants to go to that Hollywood. He wants to be star. And he'll, we just sit down, we look at it and you're like, but if you say this all the time, then how can you, um, yeah, if he's so never just call it. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, we're um, watching the Holland Ukraine match, that's why we keep getting distracted. So, don't mind us, listeners, right. we apologize. Um, but, um, yeah, my um, not my so, yeah, as I was saying about Nicole Scherzinger, when Lewis was dating Nicole Scherzinger, it was always in the tabloids, always in the papers, and it was like, is it, is it a distracting to the driver? But it's like, no, because McLaren just haven't given them a good car, McLaren's strategies have been poor, McLaren have been favoring Jensen Button. And those are the type of things that have been happening. And they just keep on bringing it back to Lewis's personal life. Even now, Lewis doesn't really keep his personal life in the public that, um, that much anymore. So he's a very private person. And it's just, um, yeah, it is where it is. Like, Lewis has always been critiqued and you've been hearing about it. So you can't say he needs to focus on the next set seven years. Uh, sorry, he, he should be focusing this year because we all know when Lewis wants to turn it on, Lewis will turn it on and he will just smash your way, guys. He will smash your way. That is Max Verstappen, for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since uh. since he's joined the sports, like, he's averaged, like, what, a world championship every two years or something? And, you know, he's had all these distractions, per se. No, as I said, he came into the game, he was dating Nicole Scherzinger. Like, I can remember here, you know, when Lewis, you know, passed Timo Glock in Brazil 2008, here jumping up and down and whatever, you know, what if she was that much of a distraction, you know, him passing Timo Glock wouldn't have mattered, really. That's what I say. So, only because, see, Formula One's a funny thing because we're going to touch on Lewis as well, like, you know, say if he gets different treatments. You know, Formula One's a funny thing because... You know, when they see an athlete can basically juggle more than one job, per se, do his job on the racetrack or on the football field or wherever his profession is, as well as being able to have a personality and a personal life, 
out outside of that as well and juggle the two, they can't compute that. They're like, oh, how can he win this race? And how can he then fly out to LA, hang out with all these celebs, not do any extra time with the engineers or you know, on the sim or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this guy, you know, he's, you know, likes to go home to his family, have a nice, you know, cup air, you know, with some biscuits, be by the fire with a cat, all that waffle, studying data. And, you know, he can't catch up to this other guy. Listen, at the end of the day, if you can juggle both things, like, it is what it is. So, yeah, just to, just to touch on what you said as well, Mart, as well. I'm going to come back to you on this, you know. For example, you know, in football, you know, as we as we're all football fans, you know, Phil Fonan's that that is a blonde, you know, to Paul Gascoigne, you know, and there's all this media frenzy, like, oh my god, this is so good, blah 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 blah. But when we've seen it over the years when Pogba has started to say a different colour, there's been pushback, there's been backlash. And when it's just a hair colour, it's not on that deep. So to touch on this, do we think in the media as a whole? Lewis gets slightly different treatment for doing the same thing as what other man may do compared to other drivers. We'll just go to you on the same Kwame, actually. Sorry. That's calm. I, I get everything you guys. I feel like there's a big, there's a huge level of subconscious bias. I'm not even sure subconscious maybe conscious, but there's a huge layer of, you know, subconscious bias in the uh, from community. Um, the best example I can give, example, I have so many parallels I can say with Lewis, but I'll start with his, you know, his countryman, you know, for a countryman, uh, ex-teammate, Jensen Button. When he first came into the sport uh, with Williams and Benetton and Renault, um, there was a lot of complaints about him being a playboy and whatnot. Um, but even with the complaints, he was getting kind of, you know, still geared up and still gets up to be the next big thing. Even though at the time there was rumours from, you know, Gravity Toy was the principal of Benetton's that Renault that, you know, he wasn't good enough, he should get dropped. He was struggling to uh, get points. Even uh, when he went to BAR and Honda, he, he started very poorly. Even though, he, uh, what, season 2004, I believe, it came third or fourth? He still um, wasn't, you know, challenging for the title or whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, media was still saying that's not to be the next big thing. He took him, what, 2006 against first win. And that was the luck of uh, Hungary. Um, but compared to Lewis now, um, him being a quote-unquote uh, playboy or him being a quote-unquote playboy, it got a lot of slack and a lot of um, hate, even though at the time, like uh, Richard Master said, he did get his first championship in uh, 08. He was dating Nicole Scherlinger. He, and he things are already about Lewis, he's a nominee as well. Like, I don't think, I don't, there's no other F1 driver in the modern time anyway who's been like a superstar or has been um, the guy or the celeb. No, not even uh, Schumacher was really, yes, he was known in the field. Yes, he was known as a guy, but he wasn't, you know, hanging out, you know, with your um, Winnie Harlow's, your supermodels or, you know, your, your Karen Jones or your Ross Smith or that ilk. Um, but yeah, he still gets a uh, treat differently. Even compared to him, to Max, who's much more of an aggressive driver. See Max, you know, pushing uh, Ocon um, when they're doing the um, the weigh-in when Ocon crashed into him and cost him his lead, I believe, in Brazil. Um, Lewis, recently, he hasn't done anything of, of that ilk. He's been relatively supporting of younger drivers uh, like Norris Russell, even though at the same time, uh, when uh, Verstappen does it, he, did, he gets... Uh, told he has passion and desire and his commitment, he has energy. But when Lewis does his little complaints in the radio, which is fair enough, given the same strategies have been very questionable at times. Uh, he's been complaining that he's aggressive or he's a moaner or whatnot. Um, even though Max does the same thing. And Max even swears on the radio at times. Um, 
And I can even say that again with uh, the way Lando was um, talking about on his Twitch as well. Um, his name gets Lando because he's doing this thing with the younger generation as well, uh, getting fans of the Twitch. But um, the way he was uh, complaining um, about Lewis when uh, this season, uh, I can't think of the situation off the top of my head, but it's this season when uh, Lando was complaining about uh, Lewis on his uh, live stream. Uh, there was no backlash. Um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, to do with qualifying to the podium. I'll come back to it. Um, but there's no issues there. But if that was Lewis again, you'll get a lot of complaints. So I do feel like there is um, bias, not even with the media, actually, the media as well, but I think to do with the whole F1 circuit. And I definitely do think like diversity is an issue. That's why I feel like because he's a trailblazer. And I do feel like someone like him can push change in sport. Yeah, I also think it, not even just um, in terms of what Lewis does with his behavior and his outside. Um, work because I mean, obviously, as black people, all three of us are black boys, we've all had the same whatever you do, you've got to do it twice as better, you got to work twice as hard, and you've got to carry yourself in a certain way in a professional environment. And Lewis has been a perfect example of that, he's always done that. There's very rarely any time you hear a scandal with him if he's not happy about something, he really doesn't really like to talk about it publicly. Whenever he's not happy with Mercedes, what does he always say? We'll deal with this as a team. Anytime there's a question about Valtteri, that throws his teammate under the bus, like maybe some other drivers might do. Uh, you know, sometimes you hear other drivers say, oh, he needs to be quicker or he needs to do this. He needs to work on this. You'll never really hear Lewis say that. He'll say, well, we, we'll take this internally and we'll deal, we'll talk about this as a team if there's a problem with Valtteri or even Nico. Even, even when he had his back with Nico, I mean, like, that was the only time you've ever really seen it kind of blow over into um into like the media where their beef was kind of a bit public and anyway i remember as when he uh was it monaco where they asked him oh um how is this to do with your friendship with nico and he's like nico's not my friend mm. and this is like the closest we've ever had to lewis saying something unprofessional in a way i feel, i believe so when it comes down to media and also they're questioning Lewis as well, just to touch on that, like they were asking questions about things that they wouldn't ask other drivers about. Like Yuki will get asked, oh, what's your favorite thing about being an F1 driver this first season? Or what 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 do you feel? Um, how do you feel you can improve? Those simple questions, like in the press conference days, they'll ask like those drivers, or they might ask Landon Norris about his Twitch fans and his all his fans and stuff. But when it comes to Lewis, for example, we all know what happened with Naomi Osaka Naomi at the French Open. He was the only one to be questioned about it. And this is something that always happens to Lewis. Anytime there's a major issue, especially in the wider area of sports, I mean, yes, okay, Lewis is very well-spoken. He's very, he's, a, um, he's very intelligent in the way he thinks about things and his thought processes and how he discusses um, sensitive issues. Um, but it's always coming down to Lewis, and it's always Lewis getting asked. And uh, there was one situation, I think, two seasons ago, where they asked Lewis about was is that about L? No, no, L, it wasn't LGBT. Um, I think it might be. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think my situation where he um is a situation because his cousin was in the dress and took he took a photo, and then they um. No, it wasn't that. It was one where Seb. It was when Seb interrupted and Seb ended up answering the question for. Oh Lewis. no, I'm not talking about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that situation yeah. was um ah uh, they were they were getting to him on the press room. They were like saying ah uh, why ah uh, 
I know you talk about yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Seb said, "Can I answer this?" and said, "Yeah, I can't remember what it was about something to do with him, um, like being too aggressive or something." I can't, I can't remember. I know exactly what you thought about, though. Yeah, because yeah. Seb intervened. Yeah, of course. And then, and there's a, and I think there's a number of times. It's not the first time Seb's ever intervened with in an interview with Lewis as well. So there's been other times where they ask questions and they're like, "Oh, but," and this is why I love. This is why I personally love Seb as a driver on. Um, on the race course. I mean, Quick Stop, listen, I was listening to Quick Stop um, F1 podcast last week, and they kind of highlighted some of the best qualities about Seb on it. And he, and they called him like an uncle on the track, on the track. And he kind of is that uncle on the track because when Seb asks, asks, you ask Seb about anything, Seb will always give you a very well-rounded answer. And he always looks out for every driver on the grid, no matter what's happening between them. Um, and yeah. And that was that was literally it. So um, sometimes Lewis does get some un like unwarranted questions. Like, ask him some fun questions. We want to know how Roscoe's doing. They never ask him about Roscoe. Like ask us, ask him how's Roscoe doing. What did you do? What did you do, with Roscoe, on your break? Those type of questions that you ask the other drivers. Whereas get, let's get to know Lewis personally rather than Lewis as just an activist. I mean, yes, we've spent fourteen years with Lewis. But everything they do, they'll ask Lewis about LGBT. They'll ask Lewis about um, mental health um, awareness. They'll ask Lewis about Black Lives Matter. They'll ask Lewis about, God knows, they'll ask him about COVID vaccines. How is he going to distribute COVID vaccines? How We don't know. Like Lewis is just one man. And him being the only black person in that sport as well, it just adds more pressure because he always has to think and answer these things intelligently because he knows how he'll end up reflecting back on everybody else of colour who wants to get into that sport. Not just black people, but just people of colour that want to get into that sport. So he really, he there is a lot of pressure when it comes to the media on him, I believe. Yeah, I, I totally agree with both of you guys' points, honestly. You know, it's like, as, as you said, with the Naomi Osaka thing as well, I knew they were going to only ask him about that one. Like, I, I just knew. It's like, the only one I asked... Lewis, black issues, but they won't ask any of it. Like you'll never see them asking about that with like Mick Schumacher, because you know what doesn't make sense. They're like, "Ooh, there's been a black issue over this place. Let's ask Lewis about it because obviously he's black. He'll have something to say." It's like, okay, is there really any relevance to it? Like asking him, like just because he's black, because you know, I don't know. You want to just get some sort of unique answer or something else of him? I just said they don't really. You don't really ask that many fun questions. It's a lot of a lot of serious questions as well, and yeah. and that's it. Just that's that so yeah, this yeah, I just want to go back to that with Seb because I know Seb's never really been asked about these things, but Seb does make comments about it as well. And um, especially, I think it was last year when um, there was the whole kneeling and the Black Lives Matter movement. They didn't really ask. I mean, they asked some drivers what are they going to do if they're not kneeling or if they're not going to do whatever they're doing. But Seb really gave very good answers. And he was talking about how we live in this modern world. Yes, there's been a lot of changes and we want to see people get fair and equal chances. And Seb will always give those type of answers. And so if Seb can give those type of answers, why don't we ask mm. other drivers? You don't have to ask the kid drivers. I'm not going to say ask those 20-year-olds or whatever they think. Because, I mean, they're millennials, they have different views, but... 
they might they might not be able they not they not may not be the right people to ask at this moment in time. Maybe like someone like Yuki, you wouldn't really ask him something something like mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. you can ask Yuki about mental health um yeah, things. Man. How's your mental health been affected um coming into F1? Those type of issues. Um how do you um or uh what's it called? Ask who who's a who's a senior driver? Right, talk, Alonso, uh, boy. Alonso. Alonso. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ask um, Alonso about what are your views on Black Lives Matter or whatever it is. Um him being him being from a certain nation, uh, we won't we won't speak on that. Yeah, and we know what some family fans could be like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bro, I think the main issue is the things that okay. you should be asking don't to Alonso. You know, like, as a media, you know you if you know that he has some fans that have said some questionable things, ask him what his views on it are. Don't just ask Lewis as being the token black guy for the mm. sport. He's not the token black guy. He's like, that's what they treat him. That's these questions, though. They treat him like he's, you know, the token black guy. The one black guy they get for like, ah, oh, let me ask this question, that question, see if it's comfortable or if it's safe. And I mean, that's kind of that's why I kind of rate Seb. Even Lewis said himself, like with the um, black guy situation with the whole kneeling. The only person he um, he rated at the time in four comfortable was Seb. And Seb, I think he was the head of the uh, GPDA, and he was one of the guys that headed it. The other guy was Gojon, and um, Gojon at the time, he even though he had the edge came uh, Gojon because Gojon thought uh, it would be a one-time thing, one-time nil, then it'd be solved. And Lewis like, no, this is a constant issue that needs to be brought up, needs to be talked about. And um, since then, it's been a constant thing on the grid. But I, it's a big issue. I feel like some of the drivers just don't really care. I mean, I, I, you get people like Kimmy's one of the oldest statement, and this guy is just here, just vibes. Well, I'm just here, I'm just here. I, I feel like this issue with the sport as, as a whole, um, but I feel like with, with drivers, like I said, being the uncle, um, him giving his views, giving his opinion, him kind of, I guess, mentoring someone like Nick, even the um, the um, post good, the Neil, for example, in the t shirt he had, for example, um, even small things like that. Because I remember they definitely tried to find Lewis for his uh, Beyond t- uh, Taylor uh, t shirt, but I mean, obviously, go through that. And now you've got people like Seb having the um, what um, sciences, uh. The sciences, we all, we all, we all black as matter, uh, Keisha, along with Mick. But, um, I, I feel like with the sport, I feel like more needs to be done in the um, in the more, I guess, social aspect. I know people just say, uh, oh, politics is not involved in sport, okay, you can say that, but politics is involved in sport. <laughs> End of, um, you get to like Ferrari being able to veto anything that happens in the sport, you're getting FIA being linked with um, politicians and money, like it's a real important issue that has to be talked about. and more needs to be done rather than always asking Lewis, asking Lewis, ask the other drivers what they think, and there should be more of a comfortable space. But if you have, if you have younger drivers like your people, like your your, your, your Claire, um, not and Max, for example, and they're in the same generation as us, you feel like they'd be more in tune. But if, even if they're not um, prepared to know or be of needing, um, or even understand the issue at stake, I feel like there's an issue handy. Uh, we probably the drivers, but. It comes. It comes back down to like I don't know if you you both will agree with me, but I feel like it comes back down to the fact the amount of money that it costs to become an F one driver now. So if you think about, it, you have to be basically a millionaire to get into the into the sport, and being a millionaire, there's going to be um, things like um, um, there's going to be things like where you're not. Um, you're going to be disconnected from certain issues, aren't you? 
So there's not going to be a lot of black faces around being a millionaire if, if you're not in a black, a predominantly black country, so say. So someone who might know a bit better about it might be like Lance Stroll. He comes from Canada. There's more probably more black faces than maybe Max in the Netherlands. So it's a bit just a bit like those type of things. But if you haven't got, if you are disconnected from those issues, then you don't really, you're not going to have any views so you don't you won't understand it so i don't know if you yeah, that's the issue again i give you like a lot of the drivers are going to have a short upbringing and um obviously if you are from a you are from a certain class like um i was saying from like a more upper or higher or even middle class for example you're not going to be interacting interacting with the people of the quote-unquote uh lower classes um who would be affected by majority of issues at hand and um also again a lot of these people though they'll lose time on school because they'll be cutting, they'll be traveling. Um, so you are going to have a disconnect. You are just going to be in a bubble, essentially, of just go-karts, uh, of go-kart and drivers who, like we've just said, a lot of people got money. Current drivers now, look at your Strolls, your Mazepins, even your Noss, whose um, dad is a billionaire. Um, I'm talking about the Latifis as well. Not to dig at them, but, well, to dig at Mazepin, but <laughs> not to rest them. But my point is, is that you're going to be in a short life, so you're not going to understand these social issues, these social struggles, which someone like a Hamilton who is a black man who would understand and face because he's experienced with that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with both you guys' points regarding that. Um, you know, it's I think it'd be a lot easier if there was another black person, you know, alongside Lewis, because it's sort of share that burden in some ways, because it's almost like Lewis is carrying the whole of the black community within that sport. It's almost like if Lewis... Even when, for example, let's say Monaco, for example, when he was obviously pissed off on the radio, he wasn't shouting and screaming or nothing. He was just, you know, mildly pissed off. He was like, whoa, why are we still behind Gasly and whatever, whatever, understandably so. There was all this sort of roar, like, oh, he's a crybaby, or he does his moan, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these typical gamma responses that you wait time and time and time and time again. But with Max, for example, when there was the red flag in qualifying and he was shouting and swearing all over the place, there wasn't no backlash there. People were saying, oh, yeah, it's passion and, you know, it's part of this game and blah, 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 given all these was excuses. So there is still, as, you, as Kwame said before, unconscious bias. There is definitely still racial bias that people almost don't even realise that they're doing when they say certain things and do certain things. Like, even in the real world, like, I've experienced it as well. Like with certain things, like I'm sure you used to have as well. When someone says something that where you're like, like what? And they don't realize they're saying something, you know, that's you know, with racial bias or a stereotype or something like them lands. Like it can be very tired. And when I said Lewis has always said he has to he's had to pertain himself as the perfect role model since the age of eight, since he stepped to a go-kart. Like people will always have these stereotypes, these children, these judgments of black people, especially of Lewis. And he's had to like keep up with that for almost 30 years. And still to this day, people are like, oh, he's so aggressive. Oh, he's such a crybaby. Oh, even when, for example, what was it, Damon Hill said a couple of weeks ago, ooh, I love it when Lewis is not, like, I'm just paraphrasing it. I love it when Lewis is not moody or whatever when he's in an interview. He's barely ever moody, like, interviews. Like, hardly ever. Even when he's pissed off, it's not even, like, proper, like, you try, you tell he tries to suppress it in. You, you know, you tell you know, you tell when you're pissed off, you can see like I say, little black person suppress the anger in because they know if they lash out, it's long, it's long, yeah, yeah it, it's long, in it 
like it even happened to me yesterday when I went out as well. Like I got reject like quick story, I got rejected into this, this establishment because I had shorts on. But they said they classified them as sports shorts. It was just a pair of normal shorts with a Jordan logo on them. And I was like, I didn't see this policy on your website. So I was thinking to, in that moment I thought myself, okay, let me be like that. You know what I mean? That that typical black person. Let me just lash out. And then I have to suppress myself and be like, do you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna have to be the bigger man. I'm gonna have to walk away, you know, all that all that shit. And it's just like I don't think people realize on a show black how irritating it can be. Like even just the smallest of things in the workplace where it can get deemed as aggression. Typical yeah. angry black person, typical angry black woman, each and every time. Like more I can't like this sometimes where I want them to just lash out. Just be like, oh, okay, no. you think I'm this way anyway. I may as well just live up to it. Because even when he tries to be this perfect role model, there's still questions over it. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm. And I feel so, like, yeah, I feel that like it's also like when it comes to black people as well, when, we're, when we deal with these things on an everyday basis, sometimes we're always questioning it as well. Is this racial, racially motivated? Or is it just like, for example, with your shorts, is it just policy? Is it does it happen to everybody else, or is it racially motivated? Like sometimes I go out, and I remember what, there was one occasion where I went out, and it was like, oh, um, yo, we we don't let people in with these those type of. I was wearing Air Max ninety seven, you know, Air Max ninety seven ever air bubble, and they said, oh, we don't let people in after a certain time with air bubble trainers. I'm like, is that just your policy, or are you saying that because I'm black? Because there's another person in there wearing Air Maxes and like. Is that genuinely your policy that like after eight you don't because you expect people to come in for clubbing purposes? Do you just do you let them in with um, with air bubbles, or you don't let them with air bubbles? And that person just happened to be in there before eight. So if I came before eight, would I be allowed to wear my air bubble shoes? But it's it's just a type of um, you just always question it, and I feel like that's the thing with Lewis. Lewis is probably always questioning it himself as well. When these things are happening, do they mean it? Are they being like racially biased on purpose? Do they actually know what they're doing? And sometimes you notice it a lot. Like as you said, Richard, a lot of white people don't, don't even realize they're doing it because it's just the way the world has been for so long that it's always like yeah, it's, it's the way they go through the Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like because yeah. the way we're brought up to always be professional in environments, not to lash mm -hmm. out. To do this, white people almost expect us to behave in that same manner mm. in everything we do. So when we do lash out, it's like, oh no, he's been an angry black man. Oh, he's mm -hmm. been an angry black. Mm. He's gonna, he's mm. gonna go pull out his blue bandana now, and he's gonna put this one on my neck. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah, 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 yeah. You just don't I think know. also as well, bro. Just culture difference as well, because like with black people, and I know I'm generalizing, but we tend to be very more. You know, not I don't say that shout out. But we tend to be very more like express, expressive. Like if you look at our, 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 our music, if you look at our comedy, if you look at our fashion, if you look at yeah, if you look at our podcast, yeah. we were very much more um, expressive. And now you have to translate that into a um, a work environment where you've always been told turn down, um, yeah, selling yeah. over time as well, and uh, sell down, which we do do. But it's hard to not be yourself, and over time, uh, when you're angry, annoyed. That certain bits will come out, but issue is you get due to society, you do you, you get 
mixed in with the stereotypes saying, oh no, he's an angry black man. Oh no, he's aggressive. Even though he's not being aggressive, being angry, he's just being passionate. And I could him just be being, you know, happy or excited. And I guess ball in. And like I said with Lewis, like he's down to you down to you done because there was a situation in the past where he says it's a joke. I remember Lee McKenzie asked him, it's a channel for BC BC days where she asked him, oh, why do you always get called into the stewards? And he responded, ah, it's because I'm black, which is an allergy um, reference. I need yeah, to ask you that one. I remember that one, yeah, yeah. And I remember you just got Steve for that. And I'm just there thinking, like, like maybe it is. Maybe it is, you know. But I'm just there I'm just there seeing people get back there saying, ah, oh, he's, he's race-baiting. Ah, oh, he did, did, did this and that. And it's, it's, it's Playing the race card, yeah. Playing the race yeah. card, yeah. And I guess I'm lucky for him because F1 is really the white man sport because majority of people there are white. Our middle aged and our men, so he's in a he's in a new situation in that sense as well. In that there's not much people like him who could understand where he's coming from in interviews or in race situations uh, or in social experiences as well. Especially the fact that he's from you know he's not from London, but he's from Stevenage and Harvestshire, but not far you know from you know Odeon. So it'll be a different uh, culture, different life to someone like your know, George Russell who grew up in uh, Norfolk. Uh, or someone like a um, Norse who grew up in Bristol, I believe, or Glastonbury. So it's, it's a different environment, different culture. So you have to put that into put context as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Look, I just hope the next black driver that comes in is unapologetically black and good as well. So he has equity because I'm, I'm sick of it. Like, I'm sick of having to suppress myself. I'm sick of having to see, see other people have to do it to keep a good image. Boy. The sooner just accept it and then get on with it, the better. But hey, that this that's another conversation for another time. So swiftly moving on, we're going to talk about two particular pundits in man, if you will, and that's Paul DeRest and David Coulthard. So just to touch on you, Marks, with Paul DeRest and David Coulthard, or either either or which one you ever want to touch on, do you think you know they? They'd be showing a lot of bias. Do you think they'd be moving different this season compared to other seasons with how they're treating Lewis compared to Max? Do you think they're just excited that, you know, they get to go on Max's private jet? You know, they, they get to get fed, you know, grapes and cheese and whatever, I don't know, Dutch people eat. I don't know. You know, yeah. are you just excited that Lewis is getting competition? Are you just sick to die, sick to death of seeing them? Like, what what is the deal with these two this season? Because I've been seeing a lot more prevalence of Paul DeResta's Red Bull bias, and it's getting a bit nasty now. It's getting a bit disgusting. So, what is the deal with that? Yeah, with Paul DeResta, I think it's more bias rather than actual. I I will I will say this. I mean, I, I had my little rant. I had my rant um, the other day, um, especially more centered around David Coulthard's um, comment. But I will say that I think more David Coulthard, being a fan of the sport, he's just happy to see competition for Lewis. And um, obviously, Valtteri never actually bought that competition for Lewis that Rosberg did. So to finally have a race driver that everyone believes will be like the next biggest thing in the sport and to see him actually challenging Lewis, I feel I will say I will give. Um, Coulthard the, t- um, the kind of a pass in terms of some of his comments on Verstappen and Hamilton this season 
um, in past seasons. Probably I wouldn't give him as much of a pass. But this season, I will say he's just more happy to finally see a competition. Being a former driver and a, especially a big fan of the sport. Um, and I'm and listen, as much as I'm not the biggest Max fan, I'm happy as well that Max is finally taking well, there's some there's a driver really taking it to Lewis because it will it does get boring. I mean, I remember in uh the 2010 to 24 um 20 no, well, not really 2010, but when Red Bull were just dominating and Vettel was winning it, it did get it did get boring and F1 can get boring if Lewis is just winning all the time. Like, as much as I like to see Lewis winning it, it will get boring. And he, you've got to think about, like, yeah, we do want to see competition. So I, I will give him the pass. But I do feel some of his comments have been a bit... Yeah, they've been very biased towards Max. It's like, oh, Max is going to do this and he's going to do that. When, as I've said before, we have no evidence that Max can actually ever produce any of these things. There's, and we've seen so much young drivers coming through now. And we've seen what Lando Norris is doing in the McLaren. Like, okay, if you put Lando Norris in a, like a Mercedes, for example, he could probably, well, he'll be doing a lot better than Bottas. And he'd probably be challenging with Max. And I'm not saying he'll be like up there, up there, but he'll be getting very good points. He'll be getting a lot more podiums. Probably, he'll probably be on a podium every week if, it, if he was in like a Mercedes or something. So, um, when we've seen all these new crop of drivers, I feel like the bias towards it's more of a bias towards the Stappen rather than against um Lewis, I would say, in terms of for David Coulthard anyway. Um for David Coulthard, it's more of a bias towards Max Verstappen, thinking that he's going to be such this revelation, the next Schumacher, or or we could say we can even sound I'll say the next Lewis Hamilton, um being um that type of driver when we have no evidence. And I think it's a bit crazy to say some of the things he does say about Max. But um, in terms of, yeah, as I said before, there's a lot of other drivers now coming up who can actually, who are looking at their similar levels to Max. As, as I said, I've said in the past, um, Leclerc, I mean, he's not showing a great show for himself at the moment, but Leclerc has that ability to get up to that level if you give him a couple more seasons, like, if you give him six seasons that like Max has had already, maybe the clerk could get up to that type of um, that type of pace that Max is showing at the moment. Um, Norris is showing that pace that Max um, is showing in the at the moment in a McLaren. While the McLaren's not quite with the Red Bull, Norris is showing a lot of pace and he's having some good races. Um, and obviously, there's um, England's or I'll say Great Britain's Starboy in George Russell as well. Again, another one I have my opinions on, but he's seen as the next best thing as well. So we don't really hear much about these drivers in the outside of the fan service they get in terms of in the media, where the media doesn't really big up those um, Russells or the Norrises or the Leclerc's. I mean, they talk about them and say, yes, they're very good drivers, but they never put them on that same level that they put Max on, where I feel like these four, three guys especially, aren't that, even Pierre Gasly, they're not that far off Max Max's level at the moment if you give them a good enough car to actually challenge Max. So it will, I, and I suppose it will go on to something that we'll touch on a bit later about um, the drivers and stuff. So we'll see.
Yeah, most definitely, brother. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind competition for Lewis, to be fair. At the same time, I don't mind him stinking up the gym because I just want to see him break on all the records. Really, you know, I just want to see a black man on top of all the records. That's it. You know, I grew up a Schumacher fan. You know, I, he was my idol. And then he dipped out and then Lewis came in and then he became my new idol. And then, you know, I felt like, you know, oh, he's, he's doing what I want to do. So I feel like there's a part of me, you know, within him, basically. So, yeah, I just wanted to stink the joint. So I don't care if he gets 150 wins, 200 podiums, 12 World Championship. I don't give a shit. Just stink the joint. So I'll just make all these, you know, who's mad at it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the longer jaws of it, isn't it? So moving on to something else as well that's broadcasting rights does sky deserve them or do we think there should be finally be some more competition as you know sky all all of the rights show all of the races channel four whole couple of races here and there i don't know what the exact deal is but you know do we think you know someone like i don't know like an amazon or even like a netflix or something like you know to do like live streaming basically or even f1 themselves because, you know, F1 has their own, their own website, their own little subscription thing, but they have the archives. If they was to have a hold of it, and let's say only charge £10 a month, I'd much prefer that, to be honest, with some of the, you know, like Martin Brundle and whoever, whoever to come over as well. So I'm going to come to you on this, Kwame. Does Sky totally deserve the rights to continue broadcasting F1? Or do you think we finally need some competition? I mean, with uh, Sky, uh, this is it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not with the biggest fans, but um, the issue with broadcasting rights is literally is the answer. It's like it's literally whoever puts most money to um, host F1 gets it. So that's the issue. The game's the game, um, and with Sky, they just um, at the time they um, saw a um, hole in the market for uh, F1. Their sports coverage at the time was lacking on most sports uh, coverage, and they bought rights off the uh, BBC, who at the time were broke and needed to offload. Um, yeah, you need to offload uh, from one at a time, and originally it was Sky and then BBC, and then BBC were broken, and then they gave it to Channel Four, and uh, Channel Four have really got have uh, only really, only that's, uh to show live coverage of the British Grand Prix due to some laws we have in this country, which is pretty lucky. Which are, are, are it's similar to laws that, for example, Wimbledon has to be on BBC, um, FA Cup final has to be on uh, on that TV and whatnot. So, other than that, though, Channel Four only have the um, highlights, which. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you can talk about Channel 4's uh, coverage, which I'll pull that mask on to. I know he wants to talk about Sky's coverage as well. I saw his reaction to that as well. <laughs> but um, I feel like um, free-to-air coverage is definitely needed. Um, we've seen this, this debate as well. We're talking about with the Champions League final now, exclusively, exclusively on BT. I feel like with free-to-air, free-to-air TV, it does give um, the opportunity for more fans and uh, more people uh, to watch it and a bigger audience that previously wouldn't watch it. That's how you get new fans into the sport. Um, whilst you put it on a payroll or um, on a payroll, like your Sky coverages or your BT coverages, or your I'll get into your inter- uh, subscription uh, services with your Amazon Prime, uh, maybe Netflix or F1 account as well. Um, it, it does kind of block that up. Um, and this is all kind of blurry to be honest with you. Um, because the issue, the issue in UK is a bit of an interesting one because, um, obviously now, like Richard said, um, F1 have their own live um format. They do do races um, themselves or their live stream. I want to get the do you guys live stream, so it is still crafty and bundle on the commentary, but they do upload it to um, other countries with um, other features like um, 
FI radio, which uh our boy Nyam, he's got um coverage to and whatnot, and they do all that. Um but yeah, due to Bernie having an exclusive deal with Sky, that's not possible. But when this deal ends, I'm not sure on the date. I'd like to in 2023 or 2024, but don't claim in that. Um I, I can I can see it definitely being rejiggled. I can definitely see um F1 being uh showed uh their live coverage in the UK um on the website. Um the Netflix still obviously Charles to Survive have got a deal with Netflix. Shout out to the uh, Americans uh, taking charge, uh, Drew Carey and uh, the, the young guys. Um, and the young guys there, uh, F1, um, Liberty Media as well, them guys there. Um, they've now opened it more to an accessible market and they're using the um, subscription method, which has become more popular, which we'll definitely see in the future because Sky haven't got as much money as Amazon. Let's be real. They haven't got as much money uh, as your Netflix. They haven't even got as much money as your BN Sports. So I feel like Sky, their jig is going to be up soon. And uh, as we saw with BBC, like, yeah, the people like Martin Bundle and Ted Kavitz, he was on BBC and even ITV, like, back in the uh, early noughties, back in the day, they will probably get shipped over to whatever, whoever um, gets the new coverage for us. I don't see Sky hold on to them, too, honestly. Um, and, yeah, and BBC or Channel 4, ITV or, or whatever, Freetail will probably still do highlights as well. Because again, it seems the main sport. You still have that with your match of day on uh, BBC, and you still have that with your after highlights like your Olympics or whatnot. So that's my prediction. The combo cast right. What about you, Mart? I know you were shaking your head at Sky, so <laughs> I'm guessing that means a no. Listen, I have a personal vendetta about Sky. Anyway, I feel like Sky they price out too many fans. Even like just you can get F1 just the subscription um and you have to pay 220 pound for the year 220 pound for the year that's ridiculous there's yes, lots of yeah. other sports that um and we're just talking about for like 23 rate 23 odd races or access to their channel which just shows replays of old races um and that's how do you expect young fans to come into the sport to get into F1 like I did watching it on BBC One? How did you how do you expect that a fan to get 220 pounds, especially in the times that we're living in now where there's a lot of families that are struggling to pay bills and stuff, especially in this COVID period? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I believe Sky have been, they've been pricing everyone out of every single sport that they've got their hands on. You, you saw when the, um, those clubs announced the European Super League, how they were fighting for their life. Like, listen, this is this is what Sky, you remember that R. Kelly meme where he was like, look, is this camera on me? I'm fighting for my life. That was Gary Neville. That was Gary Neville on when they announced the Super, Super League. And Sky have been, they've literally been fighting for exclusive rights and I, I hate exclusive rights. Um I like what the um Americans have done in terms of what they do with the NBA and NFL. They've got their league passes and they're reasonably priced. I mean the NBA league pass I think is about the same as their what Sky will charge for the F1 pass and that is like 200 pounds um but so that's like two hundred pounds, and you're getting about a thousand plus games, and you expect me to pay two hundred and side pound for about twenty three races? 
I was sometimes not even 23 races. It could be 22. And I don't even get a refund when they cancel the Singapore Grand Prix or the Can Canadian Grand Prix. I just have to take, suck it up. It's ridiculous, though. And they, they just, they're just pricing young fans out of sports. And I really, really hate it. Because I remember, I'm looking at it now. I remember watching F1. And how many fans would have come in watching BBC One, been able to watch that BBC One and be able to watch the sport? And I'm not saying, you, you know what, you have to make it free for everyone, but at least make it reasonably priced, man. Reason it, price it reasonably that someone could use like, their pocket money. Say that like, you get £5 a week for pocket money and you want to spend it on watching F1. You can use that £5 a week to watch um, F1. Why, do I why does it have to be... £200 or a day pass of £10 a day. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. It's just completely ridiculous what Sky are doing at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree. Look, anytime Sky get muddled, it brings a smile to my face because all they do is just channels each and every time. Each and every time. I cancelled my Sky um, sports subscription just before lockdown and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I'll pursue other legal methods <laughs> to um, watch my sports. And it's a lot more efficient. A lot more efficient. Look, yeah. I grew up on ITV being on um, having the right oh, yeah. F1. If, if, they go, if, if, if they go back to ITV and they take Martin Brundle, Crofty, that Alice Jacks, who does like F2 and all that, he's really, really good. And, and Ted Kravis. Yeah, and, and Nico. Nico. Super team. <laughs> Honestly, we eating good. Hopefully, in a couple of years, that may happen. But yeah. you know, Sky's days are numbered, man. Hopefully, their days are numbered. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm tired of it all because, as I said, if you, if you're a, sport, a general sports fan, like a lot of us, we watch multiple sports. You watch football, you watch F1. I watch basketball, I watch NFL. Do you know how much money that is? Like, well, it's too much money. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a job <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's a job I'm thing. I'm broke. Yeah. Fifty pound a month to go towards all that. That's all long, man. That's yeah, it's, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, sky best and piss on it. Anyways, tire talk. Just to lightly touch on the fiasco of uh, last week uh, in Baku. So what's next for Pirelli, Kwame? I'm gonna lightly touch on you for this one. Cool, cool. So um, Pirelli, um, next year, 2022, there's gonna be a work change. So uh, the car's going to be different, and to uh, accommodate the road change, I'm um, probably going to do a uh, brand-new 18-inch tyres, which will be much more uh, wider. Um, the reason they're doing that is to uh, make sure, because um, the cars will be heavier, the cars are predicted to be more heavier, it's to kind of support the uh, cars and to uh, change the uh, racing as well. Um, they've, done they've been doing testing for it as well, but testing for it hasn't been that great because it's only been nine teams out of ten. Uh, William said no because at the time they were broke um, and logistical reasons as well. Um, but yeah, it's been only 28 days of testing, which we all see know how limited testing is now compared to back in the day. But 20 days of testing for me, I feel like that's too little uh, time because the way they're doing it as well, they're doing it with different like, models as well. So certain teams, um, so it seems like Hass are doing their car model, but you have teams like Ferrari uh, doing like the older versions. Uh, of their car they're testing it on, and some of them have also been doing it uh, based on uh, six other days been doing on wet weather as well. So, only what 22 days in the dry, six days in the wet weather, and they even plan to get rid of tie blank as well in 2024. 
which I think is just dangerous, bro. I can't lie, because Ty Blankers are there to keep the ties warm. And we keep the ties warm. It's it's gonna be better grip, it's gonna be less likely to spin, less likely to crash, and obviously it'll be more more slower. So I can see what uh for the FA trying to do. They're trying to uh because now currently obviously can't we feel um due to certain situations he had back in the day, but I remember I'm not sure you guys remember Mamasa, he had this beef situation where his full time got on fire. So the only other uh changeable variable variable they really have um on a except, except for the car itself is the tires. So I feel like they're trying to use the tires to create to, uh, to make this uh racing more um close and I don't say dangerous but more touchy freely touchy go whatever and then they're trying to make it more closer. Um so adding all these different specs to it. And um yeah probably I feel like probably they're kind of in the middle of everything because they've got specs in FIA and the FIA really want to make this racing close, especially with the whole Liberty Media thing as well. They're trying to uh dragon kind of the new ish fan that likes this close racing um but they also got teams who are also going to complaining and even the drivers themselves have been complaining that like the drivers are not the drivers have been doing the test i think you guys know they've been saying oh the tires are not good i don't feel too comfortable with them even the current tires with uh baku which we'll uh we'll get into as well um but they were not comfortable with that um yet yeah, they're still kind of pursuing but then at the same time they're kind of distracting the from fia but I know the teams and the fans are happy. So, well, listen, with the tires for next year, we'll just have to see. Um, luckily, in the future, um, issue of Baku is they use the softest tires in Baku. Um, so they use the uh, the C fives, I believe, uh, C5 tire uh, tire uh, from Pirelli. Um, so they they are the softer tires um, that can be used, and that can only that's only going to be used next in um, Abu Dhabi and Sochi. And Abu Dhabi and Sochi, um, because of where they are based. Um, Abu Dhabi is obviously the desert, uh, Middle East, while Sochi kind of based next to a beach, um, even the Caspian Sea in Russia. Um, because their track temperature is hot, there shouldn't be no issues per se um, with the tyres there, um, kind of uh, disintegrating as they did in uh, Baku. But um, there have been so many different reports from probably they've been saying it's due to um, the debris. Um, then you had other drivers, you know, saying their piece as well. Um, I thought Miko trying to say that's due to the um, the right kink straight in uh, Baku and the other various things, but yeah. And Pirelli released like a statement that it was yeah. like, yesterday or the day before they said, um, well, they haven't actually released the statement yet. Um, so I shouldn't say that, but um, Gazetta della Sport um, came out and said that according to their sources from Pirelli, the reason as to why. The Aston Martin and Red Bull tyres um, popped was because that they didn't follow the directions. Those the teams didn't follow the directions of um, the of Pirelli. So I think Pirelli said you have to have the tyres at twenty psi, and Red Bull and Aston Martin had them at nineteen psi. So that's what they're saying. Um, yeah about the sorry about i get i keep on getting mind blanks <laughs> um yeah so they're saying about the um yeah that's it basically yeah I yeah yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Think, I just want to say yeah I'm, I'm just all for it just bring back michelin and bristow man I, I i we need i feel like if you can have your tire choices I'm sorry, your engine choices. 
I feel like you should be able to have your tire choices. What what um, tire works best with the engine you have and what um, the the gearbox you have. Um, I'm all for it. Like we've heard Michelin always talk about coming back into the sport or wherever it is. So just let, bring them back in and um, hopefully that we can get more competition into and into the thing and Pirelli will fix themselves up. Back in the day, it used to be great to see um, the different types of tyres and how they were doing. And it's just all about being smarter as well. Teams have to think a bit more. It will affect the pace of cars and, yeah, that's it. Yeah, just bring back Michelin and Bridgestone. Yeah, just to um, go on you to that Kwame real quick. Should we bring back um, you know, more competition in terms of, well, because Pirelli's deal ends, I think, in 2023, as it stands. So we're only going to have them for like the next few years. Do you think after that we should bring back, you know, Bridgestone and or Michelin back? I mean, I'm not really the biggest fan of the uh, tyre uh, rule. I mean, it sounds good on paper, but I feel like um, I don't see happening personally due to the issue with the whole um, Indy 500 and how um, that situation all uh, handed out um, because you had your... I mean, again, you could try to put the blame on... Uh, on um, Michelin for not handling the um, the tire uh, the, the, the tire bank situation uh, and that's on that circuit, but that's a unique circuit as it did have the uh, oval straight, which isn't the case in other circuits. The um, only similar situation now you've got is uh, in Mexico, I believe, with the stadium straight. Um, but um, the way that that's, that situation handled out with um, obviously you have your tires bursting with Michelin complaining saying that no, they're not racing as if it was not safe, but. Bridgestone tyres was um, handled for that circuit because um, I'm pretty sure um, they've had link uh, before with uh, 500 and dead race and that that's settled. Um, I feel like it's, it's a bit of an unfair variable and I feel like the sports is a bit too uh, scared for it to uh, happen again. Um, but it would be fun and be nice to have a different uh, variable, of course. Um, seeing how different tyres do you compare, um, seeing how um, the handling the strategies are different, but I feel like the sport is to scare that situation, that was one of the um, most advanced moments in sports where what, only six of the six of the twenty-two or so cars at the time there actually raced. Um and also what happened then Bridgestone was Bridgestone literally only used by the um lower teams, um so at the time that being Menard and Jordan. And then uh Ferrari was everyone used uh Mission which were the uh, better tires and I believe Ferrari had some sort of deal Bridgestone and then the way the FIA um kind of shared Bridgestone uh for the 2005 season and pretty much base the ties on the Michelin so that Ferrari could um fall down the pending uh, field and Renault win the 2006 season uh I mean I feel like it could be done properly I just feel like it depends on how the FI do it but I feel like there's gonna be certain biases and certain uh politics and F1 that will get played so it would be fun but I don't think it would be something I want to do but I don't think it'd be practical or will this be uh done yeah, I think um, I prefer if there's only one tire manufacturer at a time because I said there's going to be a lot of you know, biases. It seems obviously Bridgestone were extremely biased towards Ferrari and didn't care about you know Marley and Jordan too much. So I'd like if there's only one no tire manufacturer at a time, but you know, who knows? Come after 2023, anyways. Really gonna have it though, maybe bring back the colored walls. I'm sorry, like I'm sick of, I'm sick of just seeing red white and yellow i want to see the pinks again man i love those mm. i miss the hypersoft and all of that let's bring let's bring those back at least but make yeah. them safe this time 
yeah, definitely just bring back some more colors, isn't it? Anyways, moving on to our last topic. It's a tweet we put out, you know, a good couple of weeks ago, which got a lot of traction, about 300 responses. And we basically said, if everyone's in the equal cause, who, you know, what would what would the order be, basically? Um, majority of people said Lewis top. A lot of people said around right about Max second, Leclerc third. I think it was Danny Rick fourth and Checo fifth. So it was pretty, you know, you, you could say the community knows wheel. But other people may disagree with that. So just to touch on you, Mart, I'm not going to go through every driver just like on the spot because it's too long. Just to go on your one to five and reasons for that, basically, likely which one. So who, if anyone's in the same car, who is your one to five in terms of, well, ability, really? Um, I think from from when the tweet came out to now, I think I've, I might have changed my opinion. So Lewis, obviously, number one. Then Checo, number two. Um, I feel like, yeah, uh, number three, Max, number four. I will say... I'm gonna shamelessly say Vettel, and number five. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like after Baku and all those races, I feel like a lot of these drivers are showing a different type of pace. Um, this is also assuming that these drivers know the car inside and out as well. So, yeah, if they if they're all on equal thing, I feel like that's the type of thing you'll get. Um, they showed good pace. They, I think the other two, but Checo and Hamilton, just because of their tire management, um, it just helps with strategy so much, doesn't it? Um, you can go longer. You're not, you're not worried about anything. And we'll, I mean, we kind of see it in the coming seasons, especially if they do more sprint races where the cars are a bit more equal. We see sprint races where strategy. Will matter less, and we'll see that Hamilton and Checo will be number one and two. You're you're, you're putting Checo ahead of Max, who uh, Max and the same exact race you're talking about where Checo won. Max was leading. If it wasn't for the tie bar, he would have won that race. Uh, do you mean the Max same? You, see, you, mean, you mean you mean where um, Red Bull held Checo up for about half a second and released him just in time to get ahead of Hamilton? That that yeah, same yeah. that same Max that could. That same Max that can't fend their Red Bull didn't have enough faith in to fend off Lewis and to battle Checo at the same time. My go, you see, my go Lewis can do that though. Mm. He can come out and he can fend off he will fend off Max and he will go wheel to wheel Checo. That's what I'm gonna say. We saw it, they didn't, they did that. I think it was a rare, the rare left. They didn't change that, they held it for a bit. And they let him go just in time so Max can pass, but he's just in front of Lewis. And that's it, really. Because they know Checo's better at fending off Lewis. They don't have no faith in Max. That's I, don't, I don't think it was that. I feel like... To um, obviously block off Lewis, I'd say, and then Max have his uh, race. Um, I feel like Checo's all... Because Checo's that team, he wants, he's the second driver of that team. That, that is Max's team. So they use they use Checo as, as a pawn uh, for Lewis. I'm not. I'm not listening to it. I said, as I said, that's my agenda, and I'm sticking to it. Say no more. Yeah, there's no agenda <laughs> there, so. <laughs> All right, then Kwame, what's what's your one to five then? Since apparently Checo's second best on the grid. I mean, a certain cast member will be happy to hear that, but 
I pick up Bigger Thieves unless you're with that. Matter of fact, ironically, it's the same one um, uh, that's been listed. Because um, I'm, I'm going through my top 10 based on the tweet that I was posting in May. So they may be changed, but I'm keeping it the same. I add Hamilton uh, first, Verstappen second, Leclerc third, Ricardo fourth, and uh, Perth fifth. Um, so yeah, Dallas at the time. Yeah, because um, I see obviously Martin's went on current form. I mean, I probably should have made this clear. That, you know, this is based on just ability. So, I mean, he can bring form to it, but I don't feel like a driver can fall off after six races, really. I mean, you know, as you see from... Um, what was the fourth race? Was it not Monaco? Um, was it Portugal? No. Spain? No? I can't even remember. Whatever it is. fourth. Yeah, Portugal, yeah. There's a lot of talk, you know, people saying, oh, yeah. Seb's fell off, you know, Danny Vicks in the more, blah, blah, blah. You see Seb the last two races, you know, a fifth and a second place. Mm. So now, you know, some people, you know, are giving him his flowers, or other people hold them back, who maybe it's a fluke and blah, 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 the start of the third. So, you know, I respect both lists, you know, i got time for Seb, you know. My list is probably more leaning towards Kwame's because I, I'm going to base it on ability, not really kind of form. But, you know, that's, that's not here, no day. So quickly, um, let's do six to ten. Then, Kwame, I'm gonna come back to you. No worries. Um, so I thought six to ten is much more harder. I thought it's much more like the midfield of the grid, just like in real life as well. It's much more uh, closer. Um, similar to what we just said, mine is kind of based on I believe my ability. Whilst I believe Mars is more uh, based on um, current form, which is I think like a fair enough comparison to see um, how drivers are comparing between their ability and their form, but. Uh, we're out of time, so I'm going to do this quickly. Um, six, I put Sainz. Uh, seven, I put uh, Russell. Eighth, I put Noyce. Ninth, I put Bottas. And tenth, I put uh, Gasly. What about you, Mart? Um, So, six to ten, I'm going to have, I would say, uh, Danny Rick. Um, six, number seven, Sainz. Number eight, Norris. Number nine, Stroll. And number ten, Mazepin. <laughs> I'm joking. This guy's on crud. This guy's on crud. I was like, I know that you know what I think it is. <laughs> no, number ten, you, number ten, Russell. Number ten, Russell. Oh, certain. <laughs> I mean, good thing Chris is not on the pod because he's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> you put in um, Georgie boy in tenth. Uh, why, why, why is that then? Just to touch on that one real quick. Um. I, I just don't think. Um, I feel like I've I've seen more from the other drivers over the past years, isn't it? So it's not about. Um, it's not really about anything about Russell. I think Russell's is a good driver. Um, I do feel like I was. I am one of those people. I wouldn't really put him in the Mercedes next year right now. But um, that's neither here nor there. But I just believe um, that. Russell, I've seen more from others. So Sainz and Norris, I've seen more of it from them. Um, Ricardo, we also know what Ricardo's done in the past. Um, and we know what he can do in a quick car. Once he gets his feet in this McLaren, hopefully I don't have to use my, start my agenda. But if he doesn't, the Ricardo agenda is coming. Um, and Stroll has been very quick as well in, in the racing point last couple of years. So... It, I suppose nine and ten stroll and um 
I think I had Stroll at nine, didn't I? So Stroll and Russell, so. you couldn't toss it yeah, up. Yeah, you can mix them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one. Yeah, I thought they had same, similar abilities. Um, nothing too. Yeah, that's it really. Yeah. Um, I would say just, I, I would uh, shout out to Alonso as well. Um, even though he's an old man, he's still got some type of skill. So he can probably get into that number 10 honourable mention though. Yeah, I can't lie. I've gone to Gendon on um, a certain Spaniard, and especially that um, Alonso Vigen as well, who's a um, racer for Ferrari as well. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a slow cook that, you know, I'm going to put on three hours, you know. Yeah, I'm a slow cook that agenda, please, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm a slow cook. I've got I, reasons that I cannot explain on the pod, but I will explain in the WhatsApp group because I do not want to get shut down by the Spanish Embassy. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I think I was cooking that agenda as well. I said it'd be a slow burner, but yeah. it was. Don't don't worry, it, it, we'll pop out like Mario. Don't uh, you know? We'll pop out like Mario. Don't worry, don't worry. Just gotta yeah. keep uh, keep it slow. So just to end the podcast on you, Kwame. Why have you put Bottas at number nine? I know it sounds like a stupid question, but that's no, cool. I'm here to content. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm awful. I'm awful. I'm awful with this. Um. Bottas and Gasly, um, it was debatable. Um, it was debatable. It was either be ninth or tenth. Bottas and Gasly, Gasly can be ninth. Bottas can be tenth. Depending how you um, put it. Um, Bottas, listen, I, I don't think that Donny is the major driver. I said the GC. I feel like he's a very meaty driver. Um, but listen, he, he did, he's doing his job as a second driver. He was getting the podiums that was needed. He was getting the um, second, third places that was needed for Mercedes to be in the constructors' championship. Listen, it's it's it's, it's, it's that bad as he has been compared to Lewis, he kind of has done his job in the sense that being a second driver, get the podiums. He has been winning races, cool. Um, but he's, he's been somewhat consistent, even though he's been underperforming, in my opinion, compared to, not to his teammate, but compared to that Max who, especially last season, he was in a better car than Max. Yeah, Max was competing with him um, for like, the second and third places. Um, it made me put him down. But then also as well, uh, again, I think about putting people like, you know, your Vettel and your Alonso's and whatnot, but Vettel's previous seasons, again, his past two seasons for him were very, very poor, especially compared to Leclerc. Like, the gap between Leclerc and Vettel last year was bigger than uh, Bottas and Hamilton, yet people get into Bottas. I'm not Bottas' biggest fan, I'm not Kunle, but the, 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 the gap Shout wasn't as bad as people say, in my opinion. I, I, would, I would say this, though, like, I mean, we spend too much time I don't want to spend too much time um, knocking on Bottas. Most at the moment, not knowing the team or wherever. So he he the only when he did have competition in like twenty was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen where the Ferrari was quite quick. He didn't do too well. Like he, he finished like fourth or fifth in the driver championship. Yeah, so when he does have competition, he didn't do too well. And you think about it, he was still in a, a quick Mercedes. So it's a it's a weird it's a weird one with Bottas, man. He's it's got to be in the right frame of mind, I suppose, to to get onto it. But as I said, we're not going to bash him this week. We'll give him a break until he messes up next week, and then we will get onto him again. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's only done his job, you know, fifty percent of the time this season. You know, out of six weeks or so. You know, that's that's not here nor there, is it? Anyways, people, that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Pissed Off Racker. 
Please remember to like, subscribe. You already know the vibes by now. You know, and if you want to get involved in the conversation, make sure you look in the description down below and get involved in the Discord. If you also want to get involved on Twitter, make sure to use the hashtag HitStopFracker. And we'll see you next time out for Paul Ricard. Peace. Bye, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.